You're listening to Faith Community Church's weekly podcast. We hope this week's message from God is insightful and an inspiration to you. With that, I just want to pray for us this morning in our offering and going to invite Nick to come forward. He's going to be speaking with us this morning as we continue this series. So, God, thank you so much just for all the things that you're doing in our community. Thank you, God, for just the provisions you've given us so that we can support your kingdom and what you're doing here in Santa Cruz, God. And we just pray you bless our offering, bless the things that we're giving back that you've given to us, God. And we also pray a blessing over Nick as he shares this morning, God. Would you just use him to share your words with us? us today. Um, Give him peace as he's up here speaking and sharing on your behalf, Lord. In your name, amen. Thanks, Tara. Good morning, everyone. I also have a number you could send money to if you want to. uh, I'll give it to you. It's fine. Uh, You could just, or you could just give me money. That's fine, too. We don't need to make it complicated. Uh, I'll take... I'll take things of value that you are just not, don't want to sell, and I'll sell them for you, and I'll give you a portion of it. I've been, I've been known to help out my friends in that way, in that way too. Um, yeah. Right, my bud? Yeah, we have quite a bit of stuff that I'm trying to sell for friends. Actually, not right now. We're in the season of, like, leaning, like, leaning some of that stuff, which is freeing and also, you know, when I don't have anything to sell, I'm kind of like, what do I do with all my spare time? Um, anyway, anyway, hey, I want to read a passage to you guys this morning out of James, uh, because this is my prayer for us this morning. James chapter one, two through six, dear brothers and sisters, when trouble comes your way, Consider it an opportunity for great joy, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow, so let it grow. And when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking, but when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Would you pray with me? This is my prayer for us this morning, God. May you give us wisdom in and out of the season that we are in as a church here in America. And may we respond to you in the ways in which you want us to respond, both now here at Faith Community Church and later. We love you. We pray all this in your great name, Jesus. Amen. So uh, I love the way that Andy put it for us last week when he posed the question and also the series title, that we're in right now of why are we doing this? And this asterisk, of course, means this church. Why are we doing this? I also love the way that he answered the question. Well, because Jesus asked us to. Why are we doing this? Why, are, why do we do church? Because Jesus asked us to. And it's sometimes that simple. Like if you're struggling to find the words to the question, why are we doing at church? Because Jesus asked us to, it was a super solid answer to that question. 
And in spite of how funky his bride can look, Jesus is still very much in love with his bride, the church, us. And we have to be honest with our own little self-assessment. We're, uh, we're in the season of the church. And by church, I mean like big C church, like in, in America, the church in America. Like where if TLC, you guys know the, you know, the TV broadcast company, right? TLC. Like, remember that show that they had, What Not to Wear? Yes. Yeah. The church in America would be a pretty good candidate for that show right now. Where Stacy London and Clinton Kelly would come and they would raid our closet and throw out pretty much everything that we own, all the mismatched items, right? Those shoes that are super comfortable, but also just not flattering for anyone to be wearing. And I know that I'm, I'm making a very shallow comparison, right? I'm making a very shallow comparison uh, between a show about what to wear and the very serious emotional and mental and spiritual and theological state that the church, especially in North America, is in right now. And I'm not saying that changing our wardrobe is going to fix everything. But it is amazing how different one can feel and even act when they start living from new places, wearing new clothes, living like a new person. Almost sounds biblical, right? Like the show went on for a bunch of seasons and though it's not around anymore, there's something that we can still glean from it. And that is our world is a sucker for a redemptive story. We are suckers for redemptive stories. We love redemptive stories. Because at the end of each show, the family and the friends would, would gather around, uh, you know, the family and the friends of this, the, the disheveled participant would gather around for the great unveiling of the new me, right? And there would be tears of joy streaming down everyone's face and the friends and the family and the participants would thank TLC and they would thank, they, they would thank Clinton and Stacy for seeing them for who they really were and bringing out the best of them, basically thanking them for loving them and, and showing, them what they, uh, showing them that they're valued and important. And the show was so predictable and it was so good. Someone is in a dark place and Clinton and Stacy come in and they're, they're going to shine the light of fashion on them and this person's going to come alive. It's like, it's what the, it's what the show was. But friends, as Christians, we get to be the redemptive storytellers. Like we are literally in the business of finding those in the dark and shining the light of Christ on them, which is the Christ, light of Christ, which is in us, right? It's in us. I think that's somewhere along the way that we forgot that this is part of our call as followers of Jesus. And the world desperately needs us to remember this. We desperately need to remember this. We aren't going to get into where we lost sight of that this morning. What we are going to do, though, is remember that we're still who Jesus says that we are. Light of the world, the salt of the earth. Because the last time I checked, Jesus is still madly in love with his bride, the church. He hasn't divorced us. Though we've given him plenty of reason to. Especially if we view marriage through the, eyes of, uh, through, through the world's eyes of, well, I just wasn't happy, so I'm leaving. If our marriage to Christ is, uh, as, as the church was, was, if our marriage to Christ as the church was based on how happy we're making him, I'm just saying that he had the opportunity to bounce a long time ago. 
but he hasn't. And there's this lingering why, and that's because he's madly in love with us. He sees his bride for who she is. His bride is to bless the world. His bride is to carry his love through the world and make disciples of all the nations. We are his bride. His bride is to reflect the same love that he has shown to us. It's actually not that complicated. The world needs the church. But also the world needs the church to not be about itself. Because when the church isn't about itself, it can actually add value to the community that it is a part of. The world needs us to be the redemptive storytellers that we're called to be. The no strings attached redemptive storytellers. We don't need to do, they don't need us to do more campaigns for political gains. They don't need us to picket more stores or companies. They don't need us to build more buildings. They don't need us to be as cool or relevant as we think that they need us to be. They need us to follow Jesus again. They need us to take care of the orphan and the widows. They need us to outlove the limited love that the world has to offer. Because there is a limit. There's a limit to the love that the world has to offer. With Jesus, though, there is no limit. He never lifts. Love is not love. God is love, and God is infinite. The writer in Hebrews puts it like this in Hebrews chapter 13, verses 1 through 9. Keep on loving each other as brothers and sisters. Don't forget to show hospitality to strangers. For some who have done this have entertained angels without realizing it. Could you imagine that? Remember those in prison as if you were there yourself. Remember also those being mistreated as if you felt their pain in your own bodies. What the writer is saying is this, like feel deeply and respond to the needs around you. Be so close to your community that you feel its needs. Be so close to your community that you know firsthand about its needs. Be in proximity to those in need. Be close to those who are suffering. Live local, shop small, whatever you want to call it. Be here, be present show up and do something, but not on your own. Like you have Christ, the essence, Christ in you. Like we get to do something with that. It's an incredible gift. The world needs the church to be present. And the church needs wisdom on how to respond. The writer continues, Give honor to marriage and remain faithful to one another in marriage. God will surely judge people who are immoral and those who commit adultery. The writer is saying, live honest lives. May we live honest lives. Live the kind of life that God approves of. Honor that which is sacred and keep your most sacred of relationships holy and true and fight for them for crying out loud. They're worth it. It is worth it. The world actually needs us to fight for our marriages because in order to fight for our marriages, we have to be humble. And when we're humble, we hand over the rights 
of being, our, our rights of being right. Because when you're humble, being right is overrated. It's super overrated. And the last thing the world needs right now is another church that is bent on being right. This isn't to say that we won't do the right thing. Because the right thing is always following Jesus. And following Jesus takes knowing Jesus intimately. The writer in Hebrews continues, don't love money. Be satisfied with what you have. For God has said, I'll never fail you. I will never abandon you. So we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. So I have no fear. What can mere people do to me? Remember your leaders who taught you the word of God. Think of all the good that has come from their lives and follow the example of their faith. Friends, I was reflecting on this part of the passage this past week, and I found myself in this, but it was, it was, it was bittersweet because it was sweet on the experience that I've had and that, that I think many of us have had, even at, as, as, as members of Faith Community Church, but also bitter because of the countless friends that I have who have completely walked away from the church and then in turn faith because of, uh, of the experience that they've had. I read this passage very differently than, than they would. And even experience this, these last verse. Remember your leaders who taught you the word of God. Think of all the good that has come from their lives and follow the example of their faith. I'm thankful that we're so lucky at Faith Community Church to have had pastors that we have in place. Our leadership, though not perfect, is daily seeking Jesus and his kingdom. Not their own. I'm thankful that I can read that last verse and it rings true. I can think of the leaders who have taught me the word of God. I can think of the good that, it is, that has come from their lives. And, and, I, and I can't and I, and I want to continue to follow in their example. And that is a gift. It's a gift that we have. But it's also not the collective experience. In fact, some are here now new here because that hasn't been your experience. You've been wounded by those who have taught you the word of God. Heck, some of the most popular podcasts right now are based on the collective experiences of those who have been wounded by the church and its leaders. And it makes sense that those would be the most popular because they're fantastic stories. And we can kind of sit in the dark like, I can't believe that happened. That just like, that blows my mind. Like, who would ever do that? Well, flawed people do that. I, I do that. We, we do that. We wound each other. Makes sense that that would happen. When the church is run by imperfect people, there are going to be wounds. Which is why I believe that the last verse is so powerful in, in Hebrews chapter... Um, sorry. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 9. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So do not, be do not be attracted by strange new ideas. Your strength comes from God's grace. 
If you have any strength, it's because of God's grace. It's not on your own. If you're still here, like faithfully pursuing, that's a gift, friends. Like praise God for the work that he's allowed you to do, the strength that he's given you to push through the muck because we've been pushing through so much muck. I free dive occasionally. And um, here, like on, on like our side of the coast is like, it's super murky and it's really, really scary to be honest. Like I can go down like eight, 10 feet maybe. And then I just get to this comfort level where I'm like, ah, uh, there's huge fish down here and I can't see them. But I go like 20, 30 miles down the coast where like it's much more clear and diving is so free. I get 30, 40 feet and the water's clear. And I'm like, I feel, I'm, I feel like I, I can see. There's this, there's this, there's this peace, right? It's, it is, it takes a lot of work navigating through the murky. And I have a lot more, I have, I have some, you know, some free diving friends who are much more experienced than me. And they're like, you just got to dive deeper because it's going to like open up more. And I'm like, I'm not there yet. I can't get past the point of like, there's actually nothing down there, but just more murk and bigger fish. And I just can't, it's a mental block for me. Like so many of you though, have navigated through the murk and that's God giving you and I that strength. That's God's grace. This passage is literally just one of dozens, one of several actually in Hebrews, passages that we find in scripture that pleads with us to stay the course and follow Jesus, love people, love God, show empathy, feel big for others outside of our circles, keep that which is sacred, sacred, and trust God. You know, this is actually the very thing that brought me and my family to Faith Community Church years ago to start a youth ministry. It was my wife and uh, our little son at the time. When uh, we met Andy over coffee one afternoon and heard his heart for the community, heard how uh, they hadn't been putting out a job opportunity or like, oh, this, this listing or anything like that. They've been, they were praying. That's all they were doing for three years, praying for someone, for God to raise up someone to champion a youth ministry. Someone to partner with them as they add value to the community around them. I knew that this was a place that I wanted to be a part of. Because you see, we'd been praying and asking God at that exact time to show us a church that wasn't about itself. Those were the actual words that we used. God, would you show us a church that it, it isn't about itself? Show us a church that was more concerned about adding value to its community than it was about adding value to its own gig and, and growing its own brand. Now, faith community has not got it perfect, not by a long shot, but the bones are good. And the leaders keep pursuing Jesus' heart for this community and how it fits with the unique shape that he has given to faith community church. Each one's going to be different, which is amazing. And it's beautiful. And it's wonderful. It was from this place that I was encouraged to step out in faith and trust Jesus even more than we had before. And we thought that, man, we were like fully trusting Jesus in this. Like, and and, and we're, we're being invited to a, into a new season. And early on in that process, I assumed that meant planting a church from Faith Community Church. 
After all, FCC was a church planting church, so shouldn't I plant a church? I've been doing this youth thing for a while. Shouldn't I like graduate to becoming a real pastor? Uh, and I wrestled and I struggled and I prayed and I, and I actually begged God not to ask me to do that. And do you know what he said? It wasn't like the audible voice of God. But it was this very resonant, I never asked you to plant a church. You just assumed that I wanted you to plant a church. I put something else in your heart that I want you to follow instead. And then flow was planted. This mission planting mission called Faith Community Church, instead of hoarding whatever uh, value that I could add to this place, encouraged me to trust God again and further the mission outside of these walls. So in... 2017, after serving at FCC for seven years as, as an associate pastor, my wife and I planted the Flow Loves You Foundation, a nonprofit and mission that is committed to finding kids in the dark and shining the light of Jesus on them through action sports, art, music, mentoring, and the power of play. And we are doing this in our community on public school campuses, at local skate parks, at surf spots and beaches, church partnerships, and even inside Juvenile Hall, where we are seeing kids who had no resemblance of a childhood come to faith in Jesus while being incarcerated. It is a gift to be a part of. It is hard work and even harder yardage. And we are humbled that we get to advance this mission forward to the glory of God. When the church isn't about itself, friends, it gets to partner with God to do so much more than it could ever have done on its own by hoarding its resources, saving and stockpiling checks so that it can remain and, remain and be protected. When the church isn't about itself, it's, it's dangerous, but a good kind of dangerous. You know, like when Iceman says to Maverick, Maverick, you're dangerous. And he's like, that's right, I am dangerous. Like, that's a good kind of dangerous. Because they made a part two, and if he wasn't dangerous, they wouldn't make a part two. And I haven't seen it yet, but I know that Tom's tooth has not moved from the center of his face. It's still in the center, that one weird tooth. So you know it's a good dangerous. Now you're not, you're you're not going you're not to be able to not see it now. You're going to see him in an interview and be like, that, it is in the center. There's no gap there. It's one large tooth offset. Illuminati. I don't know. When Christians get serious about following Jesus and no longer live to protect their own lives but look out for the interests of others, we become dangerous people to be around but that good kind of dangerous. We become fire starters, not in the literal arson sense of the word, but I mean, we become the kind of people who ignite passion and pursuit of following Jesus in others as well. When the church isn't about itself, it builds and earns credibility among its community and and earns a voice to be heard and listened to. I can't help but be a little embarrassed by the kind of voice that the, that the church in America is known for having right now. It's a voice that sounds nothing like Jesus' voice. I could be wrong about this. I've been wrong about a lot of things in my life, including who I, once th- who I thought I once was. 
But I think that a big part of this next season in the church is, is that we need to get better at being much more subversive in our approach towards things. The masses, they don't care about our lights. They don't care about our bands. They don't care about how crafty and polished the teaching is. They really don't. And to be honest, no one cares about those metrics anymore. The motive has to be gospel-centered. Our motive has to be gospel-centered. It has to be faithfulness and allegiance to Jesus and his mission first. Because when we're gospel-centered, when our eyes are fixed on Jesus, the world can't help but be in awe of how recklessly we love how far we're willing to go in order to bring light to the ones in the dark. And it has to remain subversive. Underground, low-key even, like day-to-day rhythm type stuff. Daily following Jesus and what he wants for our lives. And all we have to do is ask. But don't ask if you're, going to, if you're not going to do what he's saying to do. Like, imagine if you have a friend who's asking you for some advice, and this is a very, very good friend, and you give them your best advice, they're super stuck, and then they do nothing with said advice. But then they keep coming back. They're, they're, you might reach a breaking point where you're like, I'm done sharing. And who could blame you? And this Jesus, who's so much more than a friend, the word says that when you ask, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Don't ask halfway in, halfway out. Ask your fully committed God what he wants you to do and and then do it. I think that there are things that God is asking for you to do right now. And I don't know what those things are. It's between you and God. but I would encourage you and challenge you to take a closer look at your life. That when the writer of Hebrews writes what he or she writes, they're talking about very practical ways in which we can love those that we are in proximity to. So if you're only in proximity with fellow believers, it's time to add some new friends to your circle to start start doing some life with them or, or at least live your life in closer relationship to them. And it doesn't have to be weird. Like you don't have to get all spooled up inside wondering or even trying to figure out like how to act around them. Just be yourself. Your real self who's hidden in Christ. And maybe you have a narrative that's uh, like mine of it's just not, I'm just not that special. Uh, I dare you to not believe that lie. Because you saying that you're just not that special, it's like, like you're like being very rude to your creator, God. <laughs> he might actually get a, a really frustrated at the fact that you're like, Messing up his masterpiece like that. Your real self who is hidden in Christ, be that person. Be authentic and be brave and tell on yourself. Heck, show how free you are in Christ and tell on yourself. It's actually a lot of fun. (laughs) 
Like telling on ourselves gives others permission to let their guard down. Like I dare you to get close to someone that you don't share the same viewpoints with and love them anyway. You know how fun it is to get to a point in a relationship with a a friend or a neighbor, let's just say, where you can jokingly disagree with them and even like begin to make fun of each other for having the viewpoints that, that you have or that they have. That's like a fun bantering relationship. My neighbor who I love knows that I'm a Christian Knows that I'm kind of this like weird pastor to kids that seems to play a lot and works a lot in jails and schools. Can't seem to figure out which part is work and which part is play, which is also especially fun since we live on the same streets. And he clearly makes way more money than me in his jet-setting job. He and my other neighbor are going to Burning Man at the end of the month. And because we have a relationship, because we have both done some life together, and they know that they are free to be their real selves... My neighbor's real self is going to Burning Man. Even though I told him, bro, I think that's a terrible idea. (laughs) In fact, I even told him that when he returns, if he needs to process whatever wild things he experienced out there, I'm not going to judge him at all. I'll certainly make fun of him a little bit because that's what friends do. But I won't judge. Just come over and we can talk about it. Like sometimes... I think we need to just remember how to be a friend to someone. Now, if you're terrified of making friends, we have some great therapists in town who would love to help you process that. Because here's the deal. This next season of the church isn't going to win over any new believers if we can't first learn how to not care about being right and just be a friend. No one's going to care about how much you know until they know how much that you care. So care for someone. Care for someone in your own circle if that helps. Because at the end of the day, the church has never been and will never be a building. That's why it's important for us, the church, the people, the followers of Jesus, to go out to all the nations, starting with those that we are in proximity with now. Would you pray with me? Now may the God of peace who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep and ratified an eternal covenant with his blood. May he equip you with all you need for doing his will. And may he produce in you through the power of Jesus Christ, every good thing that is pleasing to him. All glory to him forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for listening to this production of Faith Community Church in Santa Cruz, California. To visit our complete archive of sermons, to learn more about FCC, or to view our live streaming services, please visit us online at Santa Cruz Faith. Dot org.